song. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. Man, I just love worshiping. Man, I love coming being back here this morning and being the opportunity to worship with all of you. That was what makes Sunday our what? Sunday is our fun day because we have this opportunity to gather as his church to sing his praises and celebrate life changed by Jesus Christ. Hey, good morning to all of you who are joining us online. We love the fact that you are tuning in this morning. I pray that the, the word of God has opened up to your life and you see how much God loves you. And also goes for those of you who are new with us this morning. If you're new with us this morning, man, we love the fact you're here. We are stoked that you're joining us this morning. We pray that the word of God is opened up in your heart, that you see before you walk out those doors and engage life, how much God loves you. We're all about Jesus around this place. You haven't figured that out yet. Um, making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Speaking of more and better disciples, church, this is a light. If you're new with us, this light represents uh, someone who accepted Jesus Christ this past week. And we've been praying, and this has been three weeks, this light has not been on. Three weeks we've been praying, and the light has not. So I'm going to do something different. I'm going to ask you to pray with me right here, right now as a church. We're going to stop, we're going to pray, we're going to ask God this week to open someone's heart, the reality of that they need Jesus in their lives, that they can't do it on their own and accept this grace gift that Daniel was just talking about, this gift of eternal life with Jesus Christ. Amen? Would you join me in prayer, church? All right, let's do it this morning. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you. We thank you for the, the truth of your word. We thank you for Jesus. That Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. That he died on the cross for our sins. And he conquered the grave. Amen. Lord, if he is still dead, we would be dead in our sins. But because we believe that he's alive. And we have surrendered our lives to him. Making him the Lord of our life. We have eternal life. We have this relationship with you. It's been restored. And God, we pray right now that this week. That you show that truth. Maybe you hear this morning in this room that they need Jesus. This be with you for all eternity it takes accepting Christ. That we pray that this light is on the light represents the work of your hand in the lives of someone. And we pray for that this morning. That the next Sunday we come back, the light will be on. And we'll just be able to celebrate together as a church what you're doing. You are building your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we, before we get into this morning's conversation, I always like to share where we're going next, uh, what's coming up next. So starting next week, we're stepping into a new series titled, This Is Us. This Is Us. This is a series that we're going to walking through that what we're going to do as a church is that we're going to pull back the curtain of why we do what we do. Why we do what we do, like, because we do a lot of things in church. We have a lot of ministries, we have a lot of outreaches, but why do we do what we do? And it's important for us to know our why. Why what we do. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through our core values, four out of five, and we're going to walk through them together and let God show us why we have these in place of our mission of making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm excited for this series for two reasons. Two reasons. Reason number one is our church family has grown, right? Right now, there are many of you in this room that you are new to vertical. You've been new to vertical for the last week, maybe today, or maybe even a couple months. And it's important for us for you to know why we do what we do. No one really cares about what we do until they understand and believe in the why we do it. And I want you, me, and us as a church to know exactly what our why is. Because once you know what our why is, why we do what we do, You'll jump in. You become more engaged, more passionate, more making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. 
So that's reason number one. Reason number two, it's a refresher for those who have been around for a while. There's people in this room, you've been around this church for quite a while, and sometimes what we do becomes like the old hat. You know what I mean? You go to the closet, you have your favorite hat, you just put it on, you walk out, and you go out the door, and you never think why you put it on. It's just there. And so the same thing happens in ministry. We get in this idea of like, oh, we always do outreaches, or we always show up on Sunday morning, we always ask people to volunteer. You know, we always do those things. So my hope and my prayer is that through this series that you'll be getting not only refresher, but you'll be refueled with passion. That the, once you grab a hold of why game, you're like, okay, game on, I'm back in it because we've sat back and relaxed a little bit. So that starts next week. This is us. I'm excited for this series. I hope you won't miss it, but it starts next Sunday. This morning, this morning we're bringing to close a series that I've been praying has been a catalyst for you in your walk with Jesus, that you're on this journey with Jesus. I pray that this has been fueling the fire in you to build your next steps, to take your next steps to walk with him, building those building blocks of this thing called faith, leading from where we are to this idea of crazy faith. And we've been walking through different steps. We've been building these little blocks along the way. And the first step was baby faith. Baby faith was the ability to trust God at his word. You know, take, take God at his word that we can lean in him, that we depend on him, we trust him, and we come and we ask him for stuff. You know, Jesus said that we have the faith like children, right? Young children come to sold out faith, pure faith in him. Then we moved into this idea of maybe faith. Believing that it was maybe God until it's proven to be God. And this is where God takes us to that faith at 51%. Maybe we've been walking at 49 or 50%. And we're not sure what he wants from us or not sure we're going to take that step or not. But at 51%, we actually take that step. That God is calling us out. That we're going to trust you until you prove it to be you. We're going to follow you if we don't know everything up front. And then last week, we talked about wavy faith. Believing in God enough to follow him beyond what's reasonable, that there's going to be times in our lives where God calls us out, right? And we're going to look at what he's trying to call us out and tapping on our hearts or our lives or knocking on our door, and we're going to look, that doesn't seem reasonable. Fantastic. You serve an amazing God who calls us beyond what is reasonable because nothing's impossible for him. And so there's going to be times where we're going to hit a storm. He's going to say, continue to follow me. Like Peter, last week we talked about the dude stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Has anybody ever walked on water in this room? Okay, that's what God can do in your life, stepping out in the middle of the storm, still following him. That's out-of-bounds kind of faith. That's over-the-top kind of faith. It's outrageous kind of faith that God is calling us to live as his church. And this morning, we're going to walk through the last step in reality It's a step that fits in every single step along the way that leads us from baby faith to crazy faith. And that same step looked at us is called this, daily faith. It's daily faith. Daily faith, being diligent in the small moments of life, preparing ourselves for the big moments that God is bringing us to. Being diligent in the small moments, preparing for the big moments that God wants to do in our lives. Daily faith is being prepared in season and out of season. Being prepared for what God may recall us to that we are ready. Daily faith is preparing our hearts and our minds. Stepping into what God may have for us, asking of us, calling us to. 
And as we walk through this series, I think about if we ever desire to be a people of, great, of crazy faith, then you and I need to be a church, a people of God who lives in daily faith. Listen, Satan is not afraid of, his, of the church living in occasional faith. Hear me in that. He's not afraid. In fact, he actually probably claps every once in a while. He's like, oh, those guys are living in occasional faith. That we are being called out and we're like, okay, every once in a while I'm going to believe in God. Every once in a while I'm going to trust in God. But the other times, no, he's like, he's laughing because he knows he's got a hold of us. So the fact that we're living in occasional faith doesn't confront him. If we ever want to put Satan back in his box, right, push him back, push the darkness back in the light of Jesus Christ, you and me, the church, need to live in daily faith. That's what makes him flee from our lives. Amen? What we do to solidifying our faith in a mighty God determines what our mighty God can do through us. Me, you, us as a church need to choose to live daily walking with Jesus. Let's look at this a little bit different. A guy named Paul, he wrote a bunch of New Testament books Uh, people were referenced as Apostle Paul. He's talking to a a bunch of believers in the church of Corinth about their spiritual journey, and he gives them some insight and us some insight to this morning's conversation. So if you look on the screen, you'll you'll see that 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. Read this with me. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we, he's talking about the church, we do it to get a crown that lasts forever. What Paul is telling these these people, these, these followers of Jesus, to this Corinthian church, there is preparation to be done. There's, there's work for us to do, just like we are many who would love to be able to compete in the Olympics. Man, there's strict training that we need to go into. If we want to go be part of a team that goes to the Super Bowl, man, there's a lot of work for us to do to get there, right? Anything in professional athletes, you know, we need to go to strict training. High school athletes, you go into strict training. See, winning the Super Bowl or winning a gold medal in the Olympics is pretty cool. You get all kinds of attention, accolades, and some fame. But the five, year, five years of uh, AM workouts, early AM workouts, man, they're not so cool, are they? Ask any football player that's done two-a-days or three-a-days. They're like, that's not cool. Well, no one wants to do that. Athletes don't get awards for just showing up. They don't get awards for showing up for practice. No one's there cheering them on when they skip dessert to get the, keep the weight off. No one's going, hey, okay, great job for walking past that brownie. It doesn't happen. But no one knows about the years of daily dedication that they put into their sport, the sacrifice until they get the win. The reality is that no one wins a Super Bowl without daily conditioning. No one ever wins a gold medal without daily conditioning. No one wins a, wins a, a tournament without daily conditioning. Well, friends, that's the same with our faith. That's the same with our faith, our, our walking with Jesus. There is no way we can embrace a great moment in faith unless we're conditioned to, to live it out strictly, training to live it out daily. 
The reason we fail to take those steps into the gap of faith is not because we don't have the capacity for it. It's because we haven't conditioned our lives to do it. Scripture says we have everything we need for life and godliness. The Holy Spirit as a child of God residing in us. We have everything we need. We fail to take those steps into the void of trusting in God because we haven't conditioned our lives to do just that. So how do we get there? How do we get there? The answer to that question, we're going to take a look at a guy who one of the, we call the heroes of faith, who demonstrated daily faith that enabled him to stand in one of the craziest faith moments of his life and that was recorded in Scripture for us to read and to, be, to embrace and to live out in our own lives. Let's get into this. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, we're looking at verse 10 this morning. Daniel chapter, 10, verse six, verse, chapter 6, verse 10. If you grab the Bible on the way in, you'll find it on page 609. 6 and 9 in the Bible. Daniel is one of the classic examples of faith in the Bible. Even if you're in this room or people in our lives who, who don't know the Bible that well, who are not very close to Christianity and walking with Jesus, most people have heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den. They heard about a story about a guy who was thrown in with some lions and he didn't die. He actually lived and everything was just fine. Most people don't understand that. But Daniel also demonstrated great faith and he lived it out in his life following God and he also demonstrated this by living in faith in a hostile country he was taken captive and he was put in under some evil kings and he he interpreted dreams for the kings he became very popular and um, things that he would share to these kings that would say hey it's not fable for you king would would basically get him killed at certain points Uh, but he continued to continue to live that out you know, that's what God showed his favor in his life and led him through this. And right now, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, you're open to the story of the lion's den. But as we step into this, I want to lead you through a couple verses that sets the stage, the background of this. Verses 1 through 5, you go back and read this later, we're told that Daniel was appointed to the high office of the government where he was at. He was appointed, he was, God showed favor in his life, and he was appointed to the highest office. And that, him being appointed to the highest office, other government officials were frustrated with him. They were jealous of him. So they tried to find a way to discount David, uh, Daniel to get him in trouble. In fact, if you go back and read it, they said that he is a man of integrity. There's no, only one way we can try to get Daniel in trouble, is that is to poke at his God and his faith. But verses, that's why verses 6 through 9 these officials, they went to the king and said, hey, king, let's do something different. Let's put a decree in place where no one can pray to any other god. They're only to pray to you for the next 30 days. For the next 30 days, that's all they can do. They can only pray to you. And anybody who's caught to praying to any other god will end up in the lion's den, a.k.a. they become cat food. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's going to happen. That's what we want to do. And the king listened to him. And he put this decree in place. Look at this. Look at verse 10. It's on the screen. Or if you've got your Bibles open, look at it there. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. 
Daniel immediately defied the decree. He heard what the king did and he defied it. Choosing to, to pray to God, to, to bend his knee only to the one true God. But notice that last part of that phrase of that verse. Just as he has done before. Now if you have a paper Bible, I want you to underline that. If you have a digital Bible, I want you to highlight that. Because that verse is important for us walking in daily faith. Just as he had done before. See, Daniel made it a part of his life to pray three times a day. It wasn't something that he knew to make up to be cool. It wasn't something he added to his daily walk to be rebellious to the king. This was a part of the very fabric of what he did. He understood it had to be a part of his discipline of walking with Jesus. For Daniel to pray, it was just business as usual. He prayed just like he always had done before. Crazy faith is what got Daniel through the lines then, but it was the culmination of consistency, practicing daily faith that made it happen. He was conditioned to live a life of God that honored God. He was strict training to follow the one and truly God. The only reason, the only reason that Daniel was able to stand against the world and honor God because what he did in his private discipline of walking with God, he infused it into his life. So this is where I want to stop. I want to think about this. How old do you think Daniel was when this story took place? How old do you think he was when he did this story place? Because what's reality is we've been messing with kids for years. Because what we see is we see in the stories, we see in the books. In fact, I was looking at a, a, a new baby Bible book the other day, and I was flipping through it, and they got to Daniel in the lion's den. They had him in his 30s. That's where most people see him in his 30s. In the comic book books, they have this guy who's ripped in his 30s. But in this baby book, he has this guy with his bushy hair and a bushy beard. He looked like he just walked out of the 70s. Um, but they always show him in the 30s. We've been messing with kids for years. See, when Daniel was taken captive and brought into captivity in Babylon, he was 17 years old. He was 17 years old. When this story took place, it was roughly 66 years later. So he wasn't some young buck, oh, look, you'll look at me. He was 83 years old. Daniel prayed three times a day. 365 days a year for 66 years. That means Daniel, I mean, yeah, Daniel prayed over 72,000 times. Every day, three times a day, 66 years, 72,000 times. Praying was a discipline for him. It was a conditioning for him. It was a daily faith walk with him. It was part of the very fabric in his walk with God. We often get this backwards. We often get this backwards when we, we think that when the test comes back or the trial comes in, that that's when we need to start praying. We think when the diagnosis comes, that is when we'll start getting into the word and I start having conversations with God. We, we, think that, we think that we were persecuted for our faith. That is when we really need to get into community with our believers. What we do is we wait for the stuff to come and hit us, and then we start practicing the stuff that we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis. 
Daniel understood that his faith needed to be an everyday reality. Daniel knew that he needed to exercise faith in the little moments of life if he was ever going to be ready for the big moments that God was going to bring him to. But what's hard about daily faith, it isn't cool. No one's going to step into your world and thank you for it. No one celebrates because it's unseen so many times in her walk. Daniel prayed three times a day for years, but no one noticed it until it became illegal. Then they pointed out like, ha ha, and they wanted to kill him for it. No one liked him for his walk with God, being faithful to God. They, they hated him for it. Church, no one is going to praise you for doing your devotions. When you get up in the morning and start spending time reading God's word, no one's going to be right there going, keep it up, keep on reading. You go, boy, you go, girl. Please don't show up at my house at 4.30 in the morning and think you're going to do that. No one's going to cheer you on when you practice the discipline of prayer. No one's going to give you an award when you decide to turn around and start serving others. Daily faith is doing what God says in the little things that no one else sees. Do you ever think there's a reason why they call those things that we do in church spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines. You and I, putting forth the hard work and a walk with Jesus, we train ourselves to walk with him, to be godly as we live for him. We train ourselves to be godly when we practice daily faith. And as we continue to walk through it, we're not only going to reap rewards in this life. You read scriptures, we walk faith with God, we'll reap rewards in the future life. Heaven, amen. Parenting. Parenting to be a godly, godly parent, choosing to live daily faith. It's choosing to get up before our kids get up. Preparing our hearts spiritually to be the leader of our homes. Men, to be a godly husband, that we choose to serve our wife rather than relaxing. It's, check, it's checking things off before we get home so when we get inside our home, we can invest in our kids and serve our wife instead of sitting down watching the game. It's coming home and working and choose, from work and choosing to engage our family, even though we would rather go sit in our chairs. Say, leave me alone. I've had a hard day at work. It's called spiritual discipline for a reason. We need to condition ourselves. Strict training. Walking with God. Living how he's called us to live. And as we do, that will lead us to crazy faith. So let's, in the last few minutes here this morning, I want to give us four ways we condition ourselves that we can exercise the muscles of faith in our lives. Now, these are not going to be the only four exercises that God calls us to do. They're not the only four, but I think they're most, one of the four most important ones in our faith. And listen, as we walk through this, I guarantee you're not going to be wowed. I'm going to share some things like, what are these four disciplines we need to put in our life? And you'll be like, well, that makes sense, Rich. 
You're not going to have any aha moments. You're like, oh my word, I've never heard that before. I guarantee this, okay? So I'm throwing it right up front. And when you're taking your notes or not taking notes or you're looking at your Facebook right now, like I'm going to be absolutely bored, I'm telling you, you're not going to be wowed. All right? You with me on that? All right, here we go. Discipline number one. Talk to God. Imagine that. Talk to God. Prayer. How often do you talk about, hear us talk about the importance of prayer? We have a prayer team. We want to walk with you what you're dealing with in life. We need to be praying. James, Pastor James made it very clear in James 5, 16. The second half of that verse says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer is powerful and effective. But unfortunately, friends, it's one of the weakest parts of our faith walk with Jesus. Faith requires trust. And you can't trust someone you don't talk to. And the more you talk to God, the closer your relationship becomes, the more you start trusting. And prayer builds this habit. We're talking with God, what's going on in our lives, what we're dealing with, what what he's calling us out, out to, all that kind of stuff. Listen, if we choose to not to pray and not to talk with the one who loves us the most. What we're saying to the one who loves us the most is that we can do it on our own. You want to walk in daily faith that you must walk daily walking in prayer. It starts with baby faith. Taking God at his word. that He says in his word that he answers prayer. Do we believe that? If we say yes, why aren't we talking to him about that? Exercise that part of your walk. Practice may, this maybe faith. Maybe you're calling me out, God. Maybe, maybe you're calling me out to step into this ministry. Maybe you're calling me out to start this business. Maybe you're calling me out to surrender my life to you. Maybe it's you, but I'm going to step into it. You're having a conversation with God about it. You're not leaving it to yourself. I know where I end up every single time I leave something up to myself. Talk to him because he's waiting to have a conversation with you. So discipline number one was talk to God. Discipline number two, hear from God. Mind blown. Church, say it with me. Church, come on. Read your Bibles. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes hearing in the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is in this book. And as we dig in, as we read the Bible, we read stories about Abraham. We talked about Peter last week, and today we're talking about Daniel and all these other people who had faith, right? They lived it out, and it's an encouragement to us. We see what God is doing in the lives of other people, how he demonstrates time and time again, over and over again, that he is a man of his word. That he can live it out, and if he lived it out for their lives, the real people who lived that long ago, he still wants to live it on your life right here, right now. As we read the Bible, we're guided into wavy faith. Know that God is with us as he's calling us out beyond what we believe is reasonable. 
I just told you we can't trust anyone we don't talk to. Well, same in reverse. You can't trust someone who doesn't talk to you. I don't know about you, but I'm never going to walk up and say, I trust you to anyone I don't know. How, how is that even possible? I trust you by spending time with you. I'm listening to my brothers. I'm listening to my sisters of Christ challenging me to walk with him faithfully. You've got to spend time in his word. It's got to be a daily practice for you. Discipline number three. Connect with God's family. Talk to God, hear from God, connect with God's family. Hebrews 10, 24 and 10, 24 and 25. It says, let us consider how we spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together as some in the habit are doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Friends, that, that day that he's talking about is the end day. When Jesus comes back, man, it's going to get darker and darker and darker. More evil's going to be prevalent. We're going to be dealing with some stuff. He says, as we head that direction, guess what? We better be surrounding ourselves with the church family. We better be coming together in community. Why? Because you were created to live in community. Don't wait till your life goes crazy and it falls apart and you feel helpless. You start finding people to walk with. Have the people in your life that you can walk with right here, right now. We believe life is better connected. It's one of our core values. We didn't just pull that out of the air. It comes out of Scripture. We're going to dig more into this in a few weeks. But life requires for us to do life-on-life -life relationships with others. And it goes beyond saying hello. This, and as you see the halls this morning where you say, morning, brother. Or the new thing is, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? No, no. That's surface stuff. It starts here. We connect here. But then we get in small community groups and say, okay, let's do life together. So you can be praying for each other. We come around, we, we pray for each other, we cry for each other, we celebrate when babies are born or, or someone passes away. We're, we're here together. Why? The spiritual discipline of connecting with God's family. Let me just throw this out there on a Sunday morning too. If you choose not to show up here on a Sunday morning, that's also spiritual discipline gathering with God's people as we worship him. And the fourth one is serve God's sheep. Serve God's sheep. Talk to God, hear from God, connect with God's family, and serve his sheep. Save people, serve people, friends. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you, Peter talking to the church, each of you, Use whatever gifts you've been given to receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Friends, we're not only gifted to serve, man, we are called to serve, and we use our gifts to serve for the kingdom purposes, man, that is faith. Stepping out, serving God in faith. Taking God at his word, baby faith. Willing to step in and make a kingdom difference, we're not fully sure that's maybe faith. Four 
simple, practical, condition ourselves kind of lives, spiritual discipline, strict training kind of stuff. And I told you, there's nothing wow about them. It's not that's not anything that we've ever never talked about at church. I didn't, it wasn't like scripture. I pulled like, "Boo! Look at this beautiful thing." No, it's the reality of being disciplined on the basic things with God. And there's there's so more. These are four foundational ones. Think about walking with God. If that could be number five, walking with God. That every single day, when our feet hit the ground, that we choose to deny our personal desires, pick up the cross, and walk with Him. What about giving to God? We don't like to talk about that often in church, do we? We don't want giving to God. He says, everything that I, you have is mine. I've given it to you to be stewards of it. And a daily faith walk when Jesus has given it all, giving it back to him, saying, okay, you want to ask a portion? I'm going to give a portion. You ask me to give my time? I'm going to give my time. How do you ask for this? I'm going to give you this. Giving it back to God. There's so many others. We just need to choose to grab a hold of them and live them out on the daily. And it's only when we choose to live them out on the daily when we start building ourselves for the crazy. This may sound hard or harsh, but there may be many in this room where God can't or won't use you for crazy faith moments in life because you've never spiritually prepared yourselves for him to do it. And I'm not talking about, sometimes we talk about these crazy faith moments we're thinking about all those things that were called out like, this is an amazing kingdom moment. No, no, it could be a hardship. You could be dealing with things in life that you never experienced before and you were not ready or prepared because the daily faith wasn't there. Ask someone who's going through some stuff. And they got peace in their heart or they're still smiling or, or praising God. Why? Because they've been walking with him faithfully. And when the junk hit, they had what they needed in their life because they've been walking faithfully to walk through it. This is the same thing when God's calling us out to do something crazy. As a church, we need to be faithfully walking through it. So when he says, now it's time to go, that we go. Paul finishes up in 1 Corinthians 9. Look at verses 26 and 27. He says there, do, therefore, do not run like someone running aimlessly. Do not fight like a boxer beating in the air. He says, no, no, no. I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave that I have, so that I may have preached to others. I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul is saying very, very simple. I don't run my life just doing silly things. And look, have you ever seen a boxer just punching all over the place? He looks ridiculous. He says, no, there is purpose in what I do. There's intention in what I do. I go into strict training to do what I do. Propose to preach the gospel, to plant churches, to raise up leaders. That's the same for us. We need to beat our lives as slaves for Christ to get in line and live disciplined, daily faith. Why? Because when God calls us out, we need to be ready. We need to be willing we believe God in his word, baby faith. Maybe faith, he's calling us out. God, I'm going to trust it, maybe you, to what's proven of you. I'm going to step in at 
I don't know the outcome, but I'm leaning into you, man. Wavy faith. You're going to call me to something that's absolutely unreasonable, but you've been, you've been faithful all the way through. I know who you are, your character, understanding. I've been walking with you for so long. I'm going to do it anyways. All these things, these disciplines that we just talked about, they're not crazy, crazy things. We've all heard them. But maybe you've never lined them up to your walk, what God may be calling you to. You've always heard the, the pastor or the preacher talk about reading the Bible. You've always heard people talk about pray, power of prayer. You've always talk about spending time and serving and giving, all those kind of things. You always have, but maybe you just never put them all together and say, listen, this is the life that God has for me. He's called me to live. Why? He's preparing me for what he's calling me to. That's what daily faith does. It allows you to become, take that baby faith step. Daily faith allows you to take that, uh, that maybe faith stuff. Daily faith allows us to step into that wavy faith stuff. As we live it consistently out in our lives, we can step into the crazy faith stuff. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? then what's holding you back? What's holding you back? Is it the baby faith step? Do you not trust in God? Do you not depend on him? Are you not asking him? Do you not think he's a man of his word? What's holding you back? Is it the maybe faith step? You're at, you're at the edge, you're at the edge, and you're not sure if you should take that step or not because he's calling you something absolutely amazing and you're fearful? Is it wavy faith? Is that where you're stuck? That Jesus is saying, come, come, get out of the boat, let's do some stuff. Let's rock this world for the kingdom, come on. Or is it simply daily faith? That starting tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to put some things in practice in your life. You're going to talk with God. You're going to hear from God. You're going to serve God's kingdom. You're going to get in community and watch God change your life. What's holding you back? If I'm honest, this is what I love about this the most. I don't have to know. God does and you do. And you have to respond to his call in your life. I'm just here to encourage you to take it. His word says you need to. Will you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the truth of your word. God, thank you for opening up and pushing against every fabric of our being sometimes just to reject what you're calling us to do. I understand stepping in crazy faith, doing some crazy things for you is going to be difficult for all of us. But as we walk through this, this series, God, I believe that you made it really clear in your word of how we're to walk through it daily, to step into baby, to move through the maybe, and the wavy, and, step, and then you have crazy for us.
Father, I, I know some of us this room are at the edge. Give us the strength to believe in your word when you say come. Pray for family in front of me that you'll walk with them. Show them what their next step needs to be. That you sent your, their, your son so they can have life and have it to the full, the abundant life. And making a kingdom difference. Right now I'm going to call our prayer team to come forward. And I don't know what you're walking through, what you're facing, what you're struggling, what you're held up on. You do and God does. So I pray that you come forward and talk to our prayer team. Let them lift you up, encourage you. Pray with you, pray for you. Talk to God on your behalf, the things that you are struggling with. There is power in prayer, we already said that. And we wanna do it together as a family. I already said that too. And maybe you're in this room that you've never said yes to Jesus. It sounds really crazy to you to surrender your life to a guy who lived 2,000 years ago to the Lord of everything. You just don't understand it all, but you're, it's probing inside you. God's been pounding in front of you. For some reason, some way, you're here this morning and you want and you're ready to give your life to Jesus. Come forward. Guarantee your prayer team with love to pray with you as you surrender your life to Jesus and make him the Lord of your life, as you change your eternal zip code from hell to heaven and embrace this thing called eternal life with God. Heaven rejoices when there's a crossing the threshold from death to life. And we want to rejoice with you this morning to make that possible. So come on, be prayed for give Jesus life. Maybe that is your act of crazy faith this morning. Just trusting in, a, in God and giving him your life. God, we thank you for making it real. I thank you for making it clear at times. Thank you for your word that reveals it for us. Calling us out. May we be your people who don't shrink back but charge forward what you have in our lives and for what you have for us as a church. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. God bless your church. Have an amazing week.